keeping an eye on I-70, mile marker 301 eastbound continues to be one lane traffic after a grass fire sparked up this afternoon and came down the hill all the way up against the roadside. So you'll want to be alert if you are headed eastbound. Traffic's flowing, but they've only got you down to one lane if you are uh, making that trek across uh, I-70 this afternoon again at 301. Uh, just before the uh, hill and the curve to get you to exit 303 to get into uh, Manhattan. So be alert to that. If you are still out there, a little bit of smoke still lingering. You can see the charred grass as you make your way uh, by. But uh, for the most part, damage looks to be relatively limited, and that blaze appears to be under control. The Masters this afternoon has turned into a bit more of a challenge for Tiger Woods after his stellar start yesterday. To finish with a one-under, though one of our co-workers in the building today was telling me should have been a two-under, save for a two-putt that he made. To go one-under on your first day back on a course in competitive golf after the accident of 14 months ago, is just tremendous. The flaw is that you're playing on a course that is known to change with the conditions dramatically. And today in Augusta, the conditions changed dramatically from even what they were this morning to what they've been this afternoon. Tiger has fallen off the pace back to a plus one through 15. He's plus two on the day. And that is good currently for a tie for 20th place. That still puts him in position to make the cut, however, and still be in action tomorrow. But it makes you wonder how much uh, strain this day is going to have put on him. After all, we are talking about a player who is, in part, utilizing clubs as crutches slash leaning posts as he goes walking stick if necessary and to do what he's doing and and it was interesting last night to turn on just a a little bit of the late coverage from espn and hear other golfers talking about how the course fools you when you look at pictures versus the reality of how it is actually laid out and cut. The hills that that course has are dramatically more pronounced when you are at Augusta than what they appear on TV. Even with 4K, you're not going to get a great feel for what those hills are when you listen to what golfers are saying. With that much hilly terrain and the course itself lays out across four miles, I mean, that is a walk on a good day for most of us. It definitely is a walk for me right now, but that's another matter completely away from this. So, for Tiger, 
to even get to the point where today he's at a uh, plus one, that's doing pretty good. To be still in the mix where the leader right now is at minus six, that's Scotty Scheffler. The world number one has caught fire this year and finds himself in that number one spot three better than Charles Schwartzel and Sungjae Kim. Kim was the leader after yesterday, but he fell off the pace today by going plus two. For Tiger to just be at a plus one for the overall tournament thus far and to be a good 20 spots away from running the risk of missing the cut that is a that is a good day now that said tiger sitting there with that plus 1 overall is on 15 as we speak if something would happen on 16 17 and 18 that cut line is at a plus four. The cut line at 148 thus far for the tournament. And so that would be four over. Lucas Glover, the last of the group that is right at the cut line with his four over from today is he went 72-76 on the two days thus far. Victor Hovland did the same. Tiger, with that 71 yesterday and a plus one today, would definitely find himself in a position where going into Saturday, you you like where he sits. Even if he is seven off the pace that Scheffler has put together now, but Scheffler still has five holes in front of him yet today as well, as I get this look here at the active leaderboard. So we'll continue to keep an eye on it, but it's interesting to note that really this second day, especially the front nine, wound up being a bit more of a challenge for Tiger than even what yesterday was. So then what does day three look like? And yeah, <laughs> this, this is the, the thing that people, I don't think, really grasp about how tough these tournaments really are how tough the majors really can be especially when you're talking about courses like augusta uh, when you're talking about uh, any of the tpc courses they are built in such ways that slight weather shifts change how the course plays Imagine what it would be like to play a course like that, say a TPC-level course, with 40-mile-an-hour winds one day and a freeze warning that night. (laughs) And you have a tee time early the next morning. Completely different mix. Um, That would be the challenge if it was here in Kansas. Augusta... There's a reason why it has its challenges where it is, though. And as such, Tiger has found that those challenges uh, are ones that uh, are affecting his game right now. 
and that's without even discussing what his health is like in dealing with it. Uh, again, right now, sitting at that uh, 20th spot, let me do a quick refresh. I know it's exciting radio here, folks, but it is what it is. As he sits tied for 20th, Woods in that spot, again, at a plus one with such luminaries as Webb Simpson, Justin Thomas, Adam Scott. No, not that Adam Scott. <laughs> No, 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 no. Not the guy from Parks and Rec. No, not that Adam Scott. Um, Still, though, that's a pretty good day when it's done. It still has him above such other golfers as John Rahm, Rory McIlroy. Hey, Bubba Watson is actually in the mix at a plus two. I would not have thought that. Everybody say hi to Sergio. He's a plus two in there. Lee Westwood, plus two. So, you know, Tiger has definitely acquitted himself well through these first two days of the tournament. The question becomes, after today, is he able to keep that going? Health, 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 and health. Well, and I wanted to say, I feel like it says something about your influential status, the status that Tiger has, that I had seen earlier today that he almost made a hole-in-one, and I thought that that was, I mean, pretty incredible just... Yes. Him coming back and being able to do that and being able to have that influence that even people like me who don't follow golf find that incredible. Yes, absolutely. And the the fact, but there again, that has been, that has been Tiger encapsulated since he broke on the scene. The level of excitement that has always existed for Tiger Woods as a golfer and the excitement that predated his turning pro. You know, one of the one of the neat things about having worked at Northern Colorado is that his long time his coach at Stanford, after a few years away from coaching, had come back to work in Greeley and was on was the golf coach at Northern Colorado for a while. And so I got a few Tiger stories out of him over time, you know. But but the 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 point is that you know, everybody knew what this wonderkind was going to be and how dramatically he was going to change the game when he got there. So the coverage had been dramatic before he even made the move to go from college to professional because he'd already popped up on a few of the pro events as an amateur and taken opportunities to at least get involved. And from there, it just snowballed because he just kept winning, just got on that run where he changed the face of the game in so many ways. When you look at what the game is now, um, talked about it to uh, talked about it yesterday in previewing. Uh, they lengthened eleven. They lengthened fifteen this year. Pulled some trees out on eleven. Well, Augusta was never as long of a course as it is now. Why? Because Tiger was too good for the course. And you see that in the long drivers specifically in the game now because Tiger was blasting it off the tee 
But that's also part of why Tiger has had himself multiple back surgeries. That takes a toll on a body. If you aren't, if you aren't built like a, a, a fire plug, your back's not going to like you much because there is a lot of torque that you are putting onto your body to swing a golf club and drive the ball 350 to 400 yards and do it consistently. And that's where Tiger, again, changed the game because his distances were so different than what anybody else was doing off the tee. That's where it started. His short game has had its ups and downs. Even yesterday, he almost gets the hole-in-one on, on, on the sixth. But it was three holes later, I think, the ninth, where he got up in one, and but then two-putted. Instead of getting a birdie, winds up two-putting and, and keeping himself even. Gave himself the chance. Short game, got him. So, you know, again, all of the little things that go into it, me, I'm just happy to drive it maybe 200 if I get it airborne. But I don't golf on the regular. I gave that up about 20 years ago. Um, so, again, the latest update, Tiger at a plus one right now at the Masters on the day. 521 coming up, we'll tell you about a new hire for K-State basketball as Jerome Tang adds to his staff. Plus, we'll take a quick look at tonight's K-State game against Texas Tech on the Diamond in Lubbock. This is the game. We continue to monitor I-70 Junction City at uh, mile marker 301. They've gotten it open to where it is two lanes, but it's flowing pretty slow because of the wildfire that broke out earlier this afternoon that grass fire got all the way up against the shoulder of i-70 uh just shy of uh the curve that uh, turns you to exit 303 on the uh, eastbound lanes of the interstate so again if you happen to be eastbound on i-70 between junction city and uh, and the manhattan exit be prepared to be crawling through there today uh, because they do have you slowed down with emergency personnel in fact fire trucks still sitting there on the shoulder as they do cleanup work in trying to finish out that fire that uh, got to moving quickly thanks to mother nature this afternoon New K-State men's basketball coach Jerome Tang today made another hire, this one for a support role, and one that is a big support role, a title maybe that you're not used to hearing at the college basketball level, but it's one that's been, over time, you're starting to see more and more become a role on staffs. Director of Player Development, Austin Carpenter was named to that uh, role today. He's the fourth announced member now of Coach Tang's inaugural staff. He spent the last two years as a graduate assistant at Baylor, so there's experience there in working with Tang. And during his time in Waco, we know how things played out and the number of players, the caliber of players that the school had during those two years. But before that, he spent time as an undergraduate working in recruiting for Oklahoma football and during uh, a, or rather right at graduation time, 
worked with their men's golf program. So this is someone who has experience on the recruiting side and will come in uh, with a very interesting background to work on this staff with Jerome Tang and the uh, previously hired assistants Ulrich Malagy and Jareem Dowling, plus Chief of Staff Marco Bourne. It's a definite interesting uh, shape that is that we're seeing out of this roster of uh, staff that Tang is putting together, but it's definitely one that is starting to mirror some of what uh, programs are doing and changing the face of what they're doing and how they approach uh, their planning, their recruiting, all of it. And so it will be a young, young man coming in as a director of player development in Austin Cunningham. K-State baseball coming up at the top of the hour of the coverage. First pitch in just under an hour as the Cats tonight open a series against Texas Tech in Lubbock. It's been a place where they have not played well over the years. Dating back to 1993, the Wildcats are 8-24-1 in Lubbock and have not won in that uh, city since 2012. They did pick off 3-4 of four against the Red Raiders last year at Toynton Family Stadium and won in the Big 12 championships down in Oklahoma City. So two of three here in Manhattan, and then that tack on that one at the tournament, knocking the Red Raiders out of the tournament with a 7-2 win. But Texas Tech has swept each of the last three series against the Cats at Dan Law Field and have won the last 10 played between the two teams in Lubbock. The Cats with back-to-back wins. They salvaged the finale of their series with Oklahoma State last weekend, then picked off a nice win against Creighton on Tuesday night. Texas Tech, meanwhile, has dropped its last three. They were swept in a pair of midweek games at Grand Canyon after taking two of three at Kansas last weekend. They rank as high as number four nationally. They have wrapped out 48 home runs thus far this season and ranked second with a 305 batting average be on the watch for preseason player of the year jace young jung paces ttu's offense with a 407 average he's got nine homers already and 13 doubles four red raiders rank in the top 10 in home runs on the mound solid era of 4.52 thus far this season as a staff for Texas Tech. The challenge for the Wildcats winning in a place where they have not had much success since 1993. Griffin Hassel set to go tonight for the Cats. It'll be Andrew Morris who is 3-0 with a 3.72 ERA for the Red Raiders. Matt Walters will be on the call coming up tonight. A reminder also they'll go tomorrow at 2 so 1.30 the coverage but then on Sunday Coverage has been bumped up to noon as the game itself will be at 12.30 on Sunday afternoon in Lubbock. That's your quick look at K-State baseball going into tonight's action, the opener of that three-game set against Texas Tech that gets underway in the next hour. Six o'clock again begins our coverage here on News Radio KMAN. Give me just a moment here. I'll dig up what the rest of the conference schedule is for this weekend 
as we have definitely gotten into the heat of the baseball race just two weekends in, and it really uh, has starting to take shape as quite the slate with four nationally ranked teams out of the nine, highly similar to what we saw through the course of the uh, basketball season, just as an example. So Baylor is at West Virginia today. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are tangling in Stillwater tonight. TCU is at Texas, plus K-State against Texas Tech in Lubbock this evening. The non-conference slate this weekend, Kansas matching up with Illinois State. They will host the Redbirds through the course of the weekend in Lawrence at Hoagland Ballpark. For the Cats, once they come off the trip against Texas Tech, they will be off until... They open a Thursday string. Double-checking myself here. Yes, that, that's it. They will be off until opening a Thursday set against Texas, as that way they will get it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, leaving Easter Sunday open next weekend. That gets you up to date on just what's going on around uh, the Big 12 in terms of baseball as the Cats, again, get after it tonight, matched up with Texas Tech. Coming back, our number two song of the day. Uh, I, I, I hesitate to say it every time, but it's our song that didn't quite reach number one. How about that when we continue on the game? Has it really been almost 22 years since this song hit the charts? I mean, I am 22 and I know this song, so maybe. Girl. I mean, I already was in a completely different phase of life. Heard this plenty at arenas. When I was doing indoor football slash arena football, that AF2 season of 01 that I was in Lincoln. Why? Because everybody dug this song. Peaked at number three, actually. November 11th of 2000. Three doors down with Kryptonite. Written by the band's vocalist and drummer, Brad Arnold, in a math class when he was 15. He admits it was one of the first songs he ever wrote. And in fact, he said in one interview that it was probably about half of the Better Life album that he wrote while sitting in that math class. Going so far as to thank the person who sat in front of him in that class because it kept the teacher from seeing him as he doodled and worked on the notes. Well, when did the band itself start? It must have started, you know, maybe a few years after that? 1997 was the first time they performed this song. Okay. 
they gave a demo tape to a local radio station. The station started playing it. It became the number one requested song on the station for over 15 weeks. The station's program director... See, this is back when stations still broke music. You know, pre, pre-internet heavy. So the station's program director then sent the song to a manager who then, in turn, showed it to his employer at Indigroot Entertainment. The band was then booked in New York to perform a showcase at CBGB. Finn Daly told Hit hit Quarters once they got on stage and started playing, it was apparent the magic was in the music. So we moved to sign them. So again, first played 1997. From there, the song was picked up by several radio stations during November and December of 99. Officially sent to radio in January of 2000. It first charted on the U.S. mainstream rock tracks chart, reaching number one for nine weeks. Then number one on the modern rock tracks chart for 11 weeks, but never reached number one on the Hot 100. Included in Guitar Hero 5, it's available also as a DLC or the Rock Band series, as an on-disc song in PlayStation Portable's Rock Band Unplugged. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like I've definitely played a lot of video (laughs) games that involve this song, too. Commonly... All right, so the ding was was my work earlier, of course. Commonly thought to contain a shout-out to the movie Superman and to Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. Vocalist and drummer Brad Arnold says, no, really, it has neither. He says, that line is just a happenstance line. That song is so little about Superman... It's really about the questioning. That's just something that everybody can identify with. Remember, he wrote this when he was 15. Yeah, I think there were probably plenty of questions. Yeah. Um, Also, just by way of note, do not confuse this song with Pocketful of Kryptonite. That was the Spin Doctors debut album title. Jimmy Olsen's Blues is actually that song. Okay, just don't. Don't confuse them. So first performed live in Pascagoula, Mississippi, January 15th, 1997. As of April 1st, 2019, they have performed it a whopping 493 times live, making it the most performed song. I remember one year they did at the Indy 500 pre-race, among other places. I mean, people love this song. Even people like me who are a bit younger and we just know it from <laughs> like over time. You weren't even in a diaper yet for crying out loud. <sighs> yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm being reminded once again that I am old. I can't help that. I mean, I can't help that. I'm sorry. <laughs> As I jokingly told a friend on a Discord chat the other day when he celebrated his birthday, welcome, we have painkillers. Not to be taken wrong, folks. I, Tylenol, ibuprofen, th- those painkillers. 
I still find it very interesting, though, that for a song entitled Kryptonite, he denies the tie to Superman or to Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. I honestly don't believe it. He's 15 years old. Does he really have that deep connection to it at that point? I don't know if I believe it. By the way, speaking of Floyd, they're releasing new music. For the first time since 94, of course, Roger Waters isn't part of this, but the members of Floyd releasing a single called Hey, Hey, Rise Up. It features David Gilmore, Nick Mason, bassist Guy Pratt, keyboardist Nitin Sotney. The vocals were actually taken from a Instagram video posted by Andre. Klevniuk of a Ukrainian band called Boombox. It's a protest song that he sang in front of a church in Kiev. Gilmore was so moved he put the vocal to music. He called Klevniuk to get his blessing, and Klevniuk gave it to him from his hospital bed where he's recovering from a mortar shrapnel injury. The song to raise funds for humanitarian charities, but it's the first Floyd song since the Division Bell in 1994. I feel like there's a lot of groups trying to make a comeback nowadays. Well, not a, you know, let, let's be honest. Pink Floyd doesn't need to make a comeback. Right. Um, <laughs> but I just mean they right. are coming back. Well, there are just a lot of groups that I feel like are starting to make more music as of recently. Yeah, given some of the music that's out there right now. I know. I'm old. <clears throat> All right. Um. So, yeah, so that's the song-ish of the day, if you will, Kryptonite. On the personal side, man, I hadn't heard that in a while again. I got to dig back into my, yeah. Uh, Those who have followed me on social media will know that for a while, um, in my preparation for ball games, I would do a list of what my game day playlist was. Really enjoyed doing that, actually. Like a hype playlist kind of thing? More just, you know, because basically it was a matter of putting a number of things in together on shuffle and letting it go. Yeah. Because I have such a wide breadth of music that I like to listen to, but I had it boiled down to stuff that was, yeah, you could say hype, but I could very easily go from three doors down to public enemy in a, <laughs> in a matter of seconds and then over to Night Ranger and, you know. So, yeah, uh, always eclectic. That's that's the way I tried to keep it. But, uh, yeah, I, I missed those days a little bit, too. Making our way towards the top of the hour. Uh, again, K-State baseball coming up. Just want to again point out, if you are on I-70 at Junction City, mile marker 301, be alert for the emergency vehicles off to the side. You're going to be moving slow through there. Uh, but they do have it at to two lanes now as you maneuver through thanks to that uh, grass fire that took off earlier. Sage will ask anything when we come back. Hopefully nothing about age-related things when we continue on the game. All right. It's time for Ask Us Anything, so I guess I'll be asking the questions today. This is what happens when it's... A ghost town on Friday in this building. (laughs) So, first question. If animals could talk, which one do you think would be the rudest? 
the rudest? Yes. Wow. Probably squirrels. Squirrels? I feel like cats would actually be pretty rude as well. Too many cats love their cuddles. That's true, actually. So, you know, that that's that's going to be dependent on the cat. On the type of cat. And, you know, the ones that just push stuff off the shelves or whatever. Mm-hmm. Demand that they have their own chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was a battle of long ago at <laughs> my aunt and uncle's place in Denver. They had a cat who, bless his soul, was diabetic. Yeah. And had his run of the basement. And, and when when space. Yep. And when <laughs> Troy was there for the summer, crimped his style because that was the best chair in terms of having the view of the television. It didn't not work for, well. No, that's not your chair anymore no, at that no, point. No. <laughs> no, it was it was Frank's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh squirrels though, because I mean, let's face it, they dart in front of you no matter what you're doing and react as if you should just stop everything for them. I can understand that. On the other hand, they are also very skittish. So maybe that ties into my opinion of them being the rudest animals. Yeah. Yeah. Could very well be. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of kind of along the lines of they see you, they jump out in front of you, and, and you feel like that they're ready to yell at you. <laughs> like you're in New York traffic. Hey! <laughs> Get out of the way. <laughs> and then another one. If I'm you- walking here. <laughs> If you could eliminate one song from all of existence, which song would it be? Wow. Of current vintage, Baby Shark. Baby Shark. Oh, no. That's too many memes. It's like an internet culture at this point. Listen, I'm also the guy who celebrated when Saturday Night Live had Charles Barkley beat up Barney. Okay, okay. All right, that should tell you my view of children's programming. (laughs) <laughs> okay, I understand that. Uh, oh, oh, and uh, by the way, we don't have kids. So, you know, I can get by with saying that. I I feel for the poor parents who constantly have these songs such as Baby Shark to put up with. All the nursery rhymes that they have to listen to on loop. Correct. <laughs> and Frozen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, Yes. All right. Well, so for me, actually, my answer might be a little controversial. Not in terms of I want to get rid of it, but I am tired of hearing it a lot. It is a very, like, it's a song that everybody loves, but I'm tired of hearing Bohemian Rhapsody. It changed, you know, the landscape of music. Yes. And I love that. And I love the song, but I've heard it a bajillion times at this point. You know where you can place the blame for that, don't you? Speaking oh, of Saturday Night Live. Yeah, yes. I know a few places where I could point blame to, but it's just at this point, it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> I get tired when it, I hear the intro come on. You, you're saying you don't want to be along with the group of friends of mine who would essentially act out the entire scene from Wayne's World? No, okay. no. See, all of my friends also get on the piano. Like, they see a piano, they start playing Bohemian Rhapsody immediately, mm-hmm. and I'm like... We don't have to. We don't have to do that right it, now. It's like walking into Guitar Center and someone picks up a picks up the guitar and starts playing "Stairway to Heaven." I got Wonder you. Wall. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, okay. Got it. One hundred percent. I think that's all. All I got. Okay, <laughs> folks, stay tuned. K State baseball coming up next. The Cats against Texas Tech. 
We're back at it on Monday, supposedly with a full house back in play. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you then.